hear us here in the host of the hour. First to follow the fox named Neve with books laid before the bear named M to read and retire around the long fire. We're back. Yeah. Finally. I say that like we're not back every week, but yeah. we say we're back. And then I just like think about the rock, like the rock is you don't know. You don't think about wrestling, right? You didn't have a wrestling phase. Yeah, not really. Yeah. I just think of Adjudair of the Rock when the Rocks come back to city name. That's what I, that my brain does every single time. I don't know why. Uh, <laughs> sometimes the things from our, our teens are just shoved into our brains forever. Yeah. Um, Nibble Lungan Lead. Chapter 7 through 9. Um, I'm, I'm so glad that we're back in the world of legends and stuff. Um, I'm glad we're back in the world of assholes. Just be yeah. jerks on land. <laughs> um, this this reading opens this week with maybe the best possible intro, which is all of the women looking out the windows going, who are those men? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a shame there's only four of them. One of them looks awesome. He must be Siegfried. But why is he like the bottom boy for this other guy who sucks? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And Siegfried's like, oh, I'm uh, glad to be the bottom boy for the guy who sucks. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the description of them all is great. Um, yes. Yeah. Uh, one of her court reports. So they recognize Siegfried because he's been here before, seemingly. Mm. Uh, I believe that's that's why he knows so much. Um, and but then... He, like, he didn't challenge... Um, Brunhild when he was here. I feel like that's like so out of character for him. Yeah. I feel like he just would have... Maybe this was before she had this whole thing. Yeah. You know? I don't know. I just feel like the ancient world in myths has like a who's who book that everyone has of like, oh, this is the yeah. legend. This is what his his face looks like. Please pay attention. Um. Yeah. So, you know, there's the... the um, a man of such distinction that he could be a mighty king, holding sway over great principalities. Um, then a third of handsome appearance, who strikes uh, strikes terror with his vehement glances as he darts ceaselessly about him. <laughs> um, and then the youngest knight, uh, who appears modest as a maid, um, <laughs> but then if you provoked him, uh, you know, once his blood is up, he would bereave many a fair woman. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then uh, this this is also so funny for me reading it because I feel like you know we've read like the Icelandic sagas where they will go like abroad and then they come back and they have all this finery and everything because they are like out seeing kings. Um, yeah. And so the way that, like, you know, uh, Siegfried and, like, Gunther and all of that is described feels like it's obviously, like, over the top, like, really exaggerating the finery. But that, like, feels in line with, like, what the sagas are saying about, like, these lands that they're going to. But then it's funny when they come to here to Iceland. <laughs> um, and it's just, like, a massive castle with the city, which, like, does not exist anywhere in the Icelandic sagas. Um there's never a, a huge city with a, a castle. Um, and then just like how over the top fancy everything is. Um, and she's just like a, a 
uh, Brunhild here is just like a, a comedy, like, you know, big giant Amazon woman with like her, her massive spear that it takes three men to carry, uh, or javelin, um, the like boulder, uh, that she throws, um, and then jumps even farther than she throws the boulder, which is quite far. Yeah, she's literally like a Dark Souls boss. Like she yeah. has Matrix powers. <laughs> yeah, I. She's not described this way, but I just imagine that she's huge. Like not not just like normal huge like bodybuilder or something, but is like uh you know twelve feet tall, huge. Like like just like they have to use force perspective in the movie version of this. Huge. Yeah, <laughs> like just unreal. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing. I think it's funny if she's not. If she's like. An inch shorter than all these guys, actually. But she just manages to be a motherfucker. There's a bit here where they talk about, like, she has, like, a... It's like a footnote. It's like, oh, she had, like, an unmarred, uh, like, piece of armor. But it's, like, it's uncertain whether they mean unmarred and that it is, like, impenetrable or unmarred as in it's never been tested in real battle, which I think is interesting. There's a bit where they... she threatens them with their lives, and it, and the, the the book says it's like it's said charmingly, and they're like, "There's a touch of the burlesque with her," and there's just this like weird, like exaggerated nature to her that I feel like the story is playing for comedy, but I think just makes her the coolest person in ancient world. Yeah, <laughs> she rules. I love her so much. <laughs> like the rest of this chapter, I do think is played for comedy. Everything that Siegfried is about to do is like some fucking Harry Potter hijinks, like straight yeah. up. <laughs> um yeah she's great uh yeah. unfortunately she's met uh the protagonist of a story so <laughs> even though she herself could be one yes uh but Siegfried's just here to to fuck everyone's lives up basically yeah. um and yeah so there's like uh she throws the javelin like at the spear uh, yes. Or at the shield. They're, like, holding shields. Um, and it, like, pierces through, um, and, like, sparks are flying off of the, like, armor. Um, but uh, Siegfried's, like, holding the shield, which I don't entirely know what that would do, but... Um, and then when he goes to throw it back, he doesn't want to have it pierce and hurt her and potentially kill her, so he throws it, like, backwards so that, like, the butt of the spear goes and collides and, and knocks her over. Yeah. Um He's wearing his invisible cloak that gives him 12 times strength that we mentioned last time. Of course he yes. is. Like, yeah. <laughs> but it means uh, that the way this works is it looks like um, Gunther's doing all this stuff, but yeah. then it just like, like, like crappy wire work happening around him every time he does a thing. There's a bit where he does the long jump and it's like Siegfried picks him up around, like, I assume like under his arms, just like bear yeah. hugs him and does the leap because he can leap that far. And Imagine, if you will, a knight looking as if he's been picked up by bad wire work and then just like flung across an arena. And that's what I'm imagining in my mind. Yeah. And it's just cartoonish. Yeah. The best part about if you did do the adaptation of this, um, you you could just do some cheesy wire work and totally play it as <laughs> like this is but the invisible. Gunther. Like Bruno yeah. has to be like a, a mythic figure. Yeah. Yeah. You have to sell it with her. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh, the other thing, too, throughout all of this, is I was imagining, like, uh, Siegfried, like, doing the, you know, the, like, um, slightly erotic, like, I'm, like, wrapping the arms around you to, like, show you how to do the golf swing or whatever. 
Yeah. It's like, all of it just feels like Siegfried must be like way up in there. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You know, in order to sell it, you just got to be like. You know, there's no such thing as modesty among traveling knights. Yeah. Um, Yeah, this this whole thing is great. Um, And so, you know, they they best all of the. the the three challenges um and then they're concerned that uh you know brunhild will like get an army and try and kill them anyway or something um well first first off there's a whole thing where it's like oh come and be celebrated wherever you finally bested me i'll I'll marry you um where's siegfried it's like oh he's down by the boats and he come rushing up like oh what happened oh he won amazing (laughs) Yeah, oh, when when are you going to do the challenges? Uh. <laughs> yeah. There's yeah. a bit in one of the notes here where they were like, like, she she talks to Siegfried separately, so she reads him separately as if they had, like, prior, like, some sort of prior knowledge of each other, which is interesting. Yeah. Because the book's like, does that mean they had some sort of, like, failed romance or whatever? And it's like, see page 332. I did not look. That's for later. We'll get there. Yeah. Um... Yeah, I the only one I checked out was the footnote on the um there's a part where it like said see this page for the uh the foreign lands or whatever because I just wanted to like figure out if there was any like actual explanation of, you know, um we get one of them here too. Mm-hmm. Um but those like fake cities from some other book. Uh yeah. Azagok or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, um, they're worried that she's going to muster knights and murder them all, um, as if it would take the, her entire army to do so. And they're like, Siegfried, go get knights. And he's like, oh, do I? Must I? Yes, you must. You're Siegfried. Yeah. Um, so then he uh, goes, chapter eight, um, yeah. he goes to the, the land of the Nibelungs, mm-hmm. um, where uh, the we get described as both a kobold and a dwarf here. Um, yeah. just sort of varying words. Um, but Alberic, which, uh, again is like the, the parallel of Alberon or Envari in the, uh, Volsunga saga. Um, and who's the treasurer for Siegfried in this. Um, mm. but then he like puts on a voice and stuff so that the, like, the guard won't think it's him. I, yes. I didn't entirely know why he like, was wrestling the giant into bonds and Alberic. I guess it was like to get an additional favor to ask for the like army to come. Yeah, I assume it was just like reasserting his dominance, like a like a yeah. like a wolf <laughs> in a pack. Just like oh, if they see I'm still a badass, they'll listen to me when I tell them we all need to go march. Yeah, and be impressive. Um, yeah, there's some some great description too of him like grabbing Alberic by the beard and stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then they all take off, um, to, to head back, um, and are, are greeted well. And again, like, um, he gets greeted separately from everybody else. Yeah. Um, when the army shows up, this is where, this is where Gunther's like, oh, show your hospitality, give them all gold. And she's like, you're going to empty my treasury. He's like, we're going to get married. It's our treasury. Yeah. I've got money. And she's like, do you think me an idiot? <laughs> My my favorite part here was um so 
uh, you know, this knight, uh, the, the treasurer that, um, Gunther has, uh, this knight is lavishing such gifts that he must fancy I am thinking of dying, but I mean to keep my money and I trust myself to squander my inheritance. It's just yeah. like, I trust myself to squander my inheritance is such a good line. <laughs> yes. Um, and then, uh, yeah, basically ends with, um, they are going to head back to, uh, to Verms and, uh, what she puts her maternal uncle in charge, basically. Yeah. Um, and, and then, then takes like 200, 2000 retrainers and 86 ladies and a hundred maidens yeah. and 20 boxes of silk and gold. Probably more people than were in Iceland at the time this was written. <laughs> um, and then... And then uh, the book also is very clear. They were not fucking on the boat. She refuses. Yeah. Um, they could have. No one would care, because they were already betrothed enough to count as basically married by ancient law. But she was not. Yeah. Oh, there, there was one part that I was also laughing at in this at the beginning when uh Siegfried goes off to fetch the vassals and yeah. it's just like every single thing that this motherfucker does just has to be the most like heightened over the top he's a, a video game protagonist where they mm-hmm. like talk about how uh he was like by himself basically moving the boat and so everybody looked out oh, and right. saw nobody there. He's invisible. He yeah. runs away. Yeah, he takes the boat invisible. Like, oh, a strange wind must have picked up the boat and launched it across the bay as he's rowing in, invisibly. This is the Harry, this is more Harry Potter. Yeah, shit. yeah. <laughs> um, but also just him being like so strong that he's able to propel yes. this entire boat himself. Yeah. <laughs> um, it was just a funny bit too. Uh, yeah. but yeah, they, they send, uh, Siegfried ahead to go tell, cause it's been a while. Be like, hey, uh, go let everybody at home know that, like, we're not dead. Um, and we're bringing back a, a bride for me, so we need to throw a big party. Um, I love this because he immediately goes, I did the last errand. No. And they're like, yeah. but you get to see my sister. And he's like, okay, I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and it is funny, especially as we've been spending this time with Brunhild, to just immediately come back to uh, Kringhild, where it's just like, um, you know, her dabbing the tears from her pretty eyes. Uh, she's just like, again, pure innocence, like this almost childlike femininity um, yes. in contrast to Brunhild. Um, yeah, she's she's Marie Antoinette over here. Yeah. <laughs> um. And when, when Siegfried shows up, she's like, ah, you bring tidings. Unfortunately, my brother's been slain. He's like, no, why do you think that? <laughs> Absolutely not. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then it, it basically ends with them setting everything up. Um, yeah. A uh, big party about to happen. Yeah. Um. There's so much, like, fancy clothes constantly. Yeah. You just need the most ridiculous costume designers, you know? Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, overall, I, I was really enjoying this. Um, yeah. It's it's very fun how over the top it is. Um, and yeah, it's just, especially them being in Iceland, it was, it was so funny to me, the, like, contrast. <laughs> 
Oh, you mean the Germanic perception of Iceland as like a fairy land, basically? Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. I, I read so many Icelandic sagas where they go abroad and that's where it's like all magical and, you know. Yes. And uh, Iceland is mostly like a fucking hole in the ground where there's rocks. Yeah. <laughs> And people are like fighting over a fucking ox that like keeps yeah. crossing over a, a yes. like invisible border. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And then they just plop like the fucking Monty Python like Camelot castle in the distance and go, oh, look at this. <laughs> the land of the Nibelungs. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> good reading. I'm I'm so glad that we're out of uh, the kings. Boring um, kings. Tearing yeah. to and fro. Yes. Um. Yeah, I was reading this and like actually laughing multiple times. Yeah, yeah, it's so, charming. It's like yeah. crazy. It's charming. This is a this is a good book so far. It's about to go real bad for people, but right now having a great time. Yeah, I mean, I will be having a great time when it goes bad for everyone. Also, oh yeah, I'm really looking for forward to all of this. Uh, just immediately going south. Yeah. Um. um but that's the saga, unless you have anything else. No, I don't think so. All right. Next week, we will be reading uh, chapters 10 through 12. Yeah. Uh, and that is the saga portion of the podcast. Um, How'd sure. Halloween go? Uh, it went pretty good. Um, um, you posted... Was that on Was that on main picture of the costume you made? No, that was on good? my locked, but... Because I thought you put a picture up with the face obscured. I I even do that on locked account. Okay. Um, You made a very... The costume was very cute. It was really good. Yeah. For the record. We we talked about it last week, I think. Yeah. Uh, Maybe that was on... (laughs) Maybe that was on one of your other (laughs) podcasts. I don't remember. Yeah. But uh, Link costume for your toddler. Very adorable. Good costume. Yeah. Um... I mean, in that picture, we we had put on a warmer shirt because we got in this, like, thin black shirt mm-hmm. to go under. But the other shirt, like, honestly still kind of works. Um, the cursed arm has the word magic written on it from the sweater, which is, okay. is great. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Uh, Emily, in particular, put a lot of work into that costume. I mean, I, I did mm-hmm. the chainmail, which is not easy, but, um, yeah. Um, also my kid just has like long blonde hair, which, yeah. uh, works really well when <laughs> they're like, I want to be Link. So you got to get them into Wind Waker so they can be the cutest Link. Yeah. Um, also I feel like Wind Waker, uh, Link costume is probably a lot easier to make. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a green tube and a black belt and some white tights. It's really easy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, just like a green sack that you put on the top of your head. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't think there's any chain mail on that one. Yeah. Um. But yeah, and then, uh, so for the school party, like, you have to be able to, like, the kids have to be able to take the costume off themselves. Um, yeah. And the the tunic in particular was like it wasn't like really stretchy fabric because we were just like you know making a, a costume so yeah. um, it was like not quite because also my kid has like a big head like I do like just my entire family like we all have huge heads oh, I'm, I'm um, also cursed with a huge head yeah. yes 
Um, it's ruined my capacity to wear hats basically forever. So yeah, you gotta like find a a, a good hat <laughs> um, in order to do that. <clears throat> uh, people like knit me a hat just being like, "Oh, I was doing a bunch of knitting," and it just never fits. <laughs> um. But yeah, so with that, it was like kind of hard to get the tunic off. Um, so for the school party, they wore the, the Zaku costume from last year, um, which was like basically a cardboard box that I like sort of shaped to be like the Zaku body. Uh, and like costume too. You do good costumes. Yeah. Um, and then like the helmet and I got some like tubing from work. So you got like the tube in the front. Um, I had, I had, I had a uh, negligent parents. I never got good costumes. Yeah. <laughs> um, there were a couple that my parents made, but I feel like a lot of them were just like store bought or I started making my own pretty early. How old, how old are they? Uh, four. Okay. I probably stopped trick or treating around seven because I really wanted to watch horror movies instead on Halloween. Because I was a weird little horror yeah. child. I feel like I just did both. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't want to go out. It's like it's cold. Yeah, it's, it's I just had my birthday. I'm I'm awash with presents. I already had cake. I'm just gonna watch horror movies. Um, I do know the the one costume that I remember my mom like actually working on for a while was mm. uh, Sonic. Um, okay, it was like a paper mache Sonic head that oh, I wore. Nightmare. Yeah. For some reason, whenever I did paper mache as a kid, it always made me feel nauseous. Just something gross about it. Yeah, there's like a weird smell to that paper mache yeah. paste. Um, yeah, I use that for the I use paper mache for the Zaku stuff, um, but nothing for Link. Link didn't require it. No. Um. Yeah, and then and then for trick or treating, uh, they went around as Link. Um. And as usual, there's, like, a, a point where they're just fucking tired of, like... Because also, the Chicago has, like, basically everything you either go, like... Like, you go up a half flight to get into a lot of buildings, and then you go, like, a half flight down if you're, like, going to the garden unit. Um, and so there's just a lot of stairs that go up to, like, the front door. And so some people will go and, like, set up, like at the bottom of their stairs, you know, they'll have like a little mm. table or something with like, and some chairs with the candy. But sometimes you got to like walk all the way up. Um, I feel like at least during the height of it, the street that we go on, there's not a lot of like ringing doorbells. Most of the people are, will be sitting out because some people are coming anyway. Um, mm. So I feel like it's a big trick or treating street. Uh, but so there's a point where they're just like, I don't want to walk upstairs anymore. Uh, and it's just like, whenever that happens, the trick or treating, it's just like, we got to like sit down on like a, you know, curb or something. Uh, just like have some water, eat some candy, like <laughs> regain your strength. Um, we can like head back and like hit up some more houses as we're going back. But, um, yeah. Uh, and now they just have like a giant pumpkin bucket full of candy. So, mm -hmm. um, and then especially for the first night, um, like the rest of it is like, we'll talk about like, Oh, you know, only have like a few pieces, uh, stuff like that. But that first night is just like, eat as much as you want. Like learn the hard way. If you get a stomach ache from eating too much, <laughs> Mm. Um, but like, just keep that night to be like fun and not have to like immediately be like, you just got all this candy. Now you can't eat most of it. Um, yeah. 
So yeah, bedtime last night, uh, kid was, was on, on a sugar high. Okay. Um, so didn't have enough to go to the other side where the kid had to sleep immediately. No, no. Um, but I mean, I feel like when that happens, you still, there's a, you get to that certain point where like kids finally in bed and then mm. we'll just tip over and has fallen asleep instantly. But, mm. Uh, that's me most nights. Yeah. I'm hard to fall asleep. I don't get sleepy very easily. Um, Not these days. It's been a little weird. I've been napping more and more, you know? Yeah. I I relate. Uh, I pretty regularly take melatonin just to, like, <laughs> help my body now. Because uh, I used to have I, a, lot um, more, a lot more problems sleeping. Yeah, I, I, I've taken it before. It just doesn't really seem to help that much for me. So, I'm just cursed. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's like melatonin. And then usually I'll do something that's just going to kind of make me tired. Like I'll just try to read something, even if it's just a thing that I'm reading to fall asleep. Um, and often it'll be like, I'm not even reading in bed. I'm just like reading out in the living room. But once I start feeling like, oh, I'm getting kind of bored and, you know, I'm like, it's harder to focus on the words and I'm like, oh, I'll go crawl into bed. And then I feel like I fall asleep faster. So yeah, fair enough. Um, it's taken a while, though. I used to have really, really bad insomnia. Like, intensely bad. Um, like, one hour a night bad sometimes. <laughs> so. Um, now I get, like, six hours, and I'm like, I'll take it. It's it's a lot better. <laughs> I don't hallucinate during the day, so. <laughs> um, fair enough. Yeah. Um... But otherwise, I feel like uh, the biggest thing I've done since, like, last time we recorded is I played a fair amount of Slay the Spire. Um, oh, I don't have anything. I've never played Slay the Spire. Yeah. Um, I got it on uh, when it was on sale with, like, the Steam sale. Because I, I know Autumn really loves it. So I was like, oh, I'll check this out. Um, and I, I've definitely played some of those, like, uh, card like you're doing a run stuff, but most of the ones that I've played before are like a little bit more solitaire based. Um, and they're like phone game stuff because, you know, just do sort of like a solitaire thing. Well, I like having like the games that aren't like super intensive, uh, and don't like demand a lot of you on my phone. Uh, so that if I'm just like in a place where I need to busy my, my hands and my mind for a little bit, um, and Slay the Spire is definitely, like, a lot more complex and involved, uh, but it's mm -hmm. good. Um, the So I played a little bit of, like, the first class, which I forget what it's called. Um, and it's, it's like, I was enjoying it, um, but it's, like, a very, like, uh, fighter-focused one. Um, it's sort of that base class that's, like, trying to teach you the game as well. Uh, and then there's the silent um, and that's the one that I've been playing the most, which is, uh, like, you do, like, poison or, like, other uh, debuff stuff, especially. Um, and there's also a lot of moves where you'll, like, generate some low damage but zero cost cards. And then there's, like, ways that you can manipulate things so that those end up dealing a lot of damage, um, despite having, like, still the zero cost. 
Um, so there's like a few different ways that I figured out how to like take that build depending on what you get early on. Um, and then there's like the construct, I think, or no, the, I'm trying to remember the actual, uh, but it's like more of like a, it's like a robot with like little orbs. Um, and it's kind of one of those, like the robot is like reached Nirvana or something vibes. <laughs> um, that games love to do. Um, and that one, I just understand the least. I don't really understand what's going on with the orbs in it. Um, at some point I might mess around with it more and figure out, but it, the orbs kind of confuse me. Um, cause there's not a, like a lot of great tutorializing in it, in Slay the Spire. That's like the one big thing. Um, and then there's like a fourth class that you unlock. Um, and that one is like sort of a monk style one. Um, and I've played that a few times and enjoy that one as well. It's a lot of like, uh, so it has stances and there's like one that's the wrath stance where you do double damage, but also, um, like take double damage. And then the other one is the calm where like it doesn't affect the damage, but once you exit out of calm, you get more energy so you can play more cards. Um, and you can also get cards where you will like, uh, passively get defense. Um, if you are in a calm state at the end of your turn, uh, and so a lot of it is like trying to bounce back and forth between those where like you can do a bunch of damage and then go back into like a calm stance um, and then go back into like high damage uh, when you need to. Um, and so it's the one where sometimes you just like have been saving up some stuff uh, and then you hit like a part where you just go into wrath mode and then just completely like you do like, you know, 100 or like 150 damage in like one round which is just wild compared to all the other classes so um but yeah that's just the general vibe i've been enjoying it a lot though um okay so um i think i think if people want sort of one of those card-based roguelikes it seems like it is like a really good one um And then, uh, I feel like that, like, I, I got, uh, say a no Uda and I like figured out how to do the, the patch on Steam Deck. Um, but I haven't played that yet. So, um, there's also that new, uh, that translation of, um, the Boku no Yatsu. What is it? Uh, no, Boku no. My summer vacation. Yeah, my, my summer, summer vacation, vacation too. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um. So I downloaded the stuff on there, and then I looked at the little notes for the patch, and there's like an extra step or something, and I was like, "Yeah, I'll I'll figure this out later. I'm not doing this today, but um, mm-hmm. I'm probably gonna try and get that running. Um, I'm sure it'll be up on like CD Romance sooner or later, anyway." So. It already is right here, English patched. Oh, it is. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna, uh, you know, figure it out this week if it wasn't up, but now I don't even need to. Yep. Um, I still think there's something you have to do. There's like some settings specifically if you're running in an emulator, you need to do for like the texture rendering or something because you, yeah. you almost always are going to bump the resolution. You're going to double it, so you have to do a thing. But 
Also, it doesn't work in a backwards compatible PS3. They they know. Um, if you're one of the people, I don't think there's anyone among us who's listening who's like, oh, I only emulate my PS2 games to a backwards compatible PS3 that's hacked. Well, if you do, you're fucked. Yeah. Um, it does work on real hardware. That's not how I play my PS2 games, but... Yeah, I'm like, uh, I do have a PlayStation 2, but I don't know if I would, if I just burned it. Like, I'm sure there's a special way to have to burn a, a disc to put it in there or something. There is. Uh, yeah. I don't know how to... I've done it. Um, I don't remember the process, but yes, there is a way to just, like, burn CDs that play in a... P- uh, DVDs, not CDs, obviously. Yeah. That play in a PS2. Um, you just put them in and boot them up. It's like oh, magic. Um, I'm now in firmly in the world of PS2 games I will play on my PC through an emulator, but um, it's around if you want to do it. I wish yeah. I had like a nice setup with an emulated PS2, but the problem is with, with if you're running a PS2, like with with whatever setup you need, you either need a CRT, which I don't have, or you need like a really good upscaler, which again, I don't have because it just looks nasty plugged into a television. Yeah. That's so why I have mine plugged into to a CRT. Yeah, I yeah. unfortunately haven't had a CRT in 20 years, so. Yeah. I mean, mine's, like, tiny. It's not great, but... It's um, actually been 20 years, but it's been a long time. I definitely prefer it to just, like, you know, if you get some, some good, uh, like, CRT filter stuff on an emulator, it can be fine, mm-hmm. but I, I definitely prefer it to just, like, looking at the raw pixels, <laughs> um, even yeah. though it's kind of small and... Uh, it's maybe a little bit more blending everything together than it should be because it's it's not like a you know one of those nice professional CRTs. Um, it's literally like I mean, a cheap little portable like, one. I never had like a like a nice studio monitor when I was yeah. You know, I had a I had a fucking my room. I had like a I think it was like a thirteen inch TV for most of my childhood, and then I upgraded to a bigger one. And I think the TV downstairs where I played games in the basement was like twenty seven inches. There, that was a big TV back then. Like, you don't need a 50-inch... No one had a 50-inch television. Everyone was playing consoles on small-ass TVs, because otherwise they weighed 400 pounds. Yeah. I mean, mine was, was small, small, but... Uh, yeah. Like, the one that I have is is yeah. not the one that you would, like, put in your, you know, yeah. den to watch TV as a family. Yeah. Um, but, like, it, when I when I get... When I do my mister, like, you, there's, like... It, em, it emulates, like, the screen, like, the pixel grids and shadow masks of a bunch of different TVs. And whenever I set it to, like, the Sony Trinitons or the ones that, like, the really desirable CRTs, like the professional monitors, they just look too sharp. I'm like, this is not what games look like through a CRT to my eyes because I had some fucking terrible mid-range consumer television my yeah. entire life. Um, I'm a little bit more used to, like, the really nice uh, mm. CRT thing because when I worked well, in the video in, like, archive, we yeah, had say, them. That's yeah. where they would have had those. <laughs> yeah, so in the video archive, we had them. Yeah. It still wasn't like the pristine kind of signal that you would get if you put that sort of filter over. Yeah, you, weren't running like a, you weren't running like SCART into those, right? Yeah. I yeah, we, we were like doing old VHS that were degrading, so everything's still mm. kind of in a different way. It's like the, the shitty degradation of the VHS itself. Um, yeah. But... Yeah, it still didn't look like crisp and clean, but it was the the monitor was pretty crisp and clean, so we could like clearly see whatever way it was degrading, you know. Yeah. Um. 
I don't know about a Steam Deck. I know on PC, I'm I'm probably I haven't set up my PS2 emulator at all. Um, th this is going to be the thing that my impetus to finally get this set up, and I'll probably get Reshade working, um, which I know is what everyone I know who emulates and cares about such things uses because it doesn't emulate like a it's not like a pixel like it's not like a retro you know like a like scan line thing. It emulates specifically. Um, the way like analog color blending happens and that's way more important than putting like a like a crt filter over something and yeah. you know um and uh if, you, if you're listening to this and you would like instructions on that i think they're pinned in the discord under video games i think there's a pinned post with some settings for for reshade um i, I don't think that applies i don't know how steam deck handles that so i couldn't help you there yeah I don't think Autumn's gone down the road of reshade on Steam Deck if such a thing exists. Because um, uh, thankfully you have a friend you could just be like, do this for me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, they never did uh, install Outrun 2006. On Damn. Yeah. <clears throat> Cat's got attention problems. Um... It looks like you can potentially get Reshade working on Steam Deck. Okay, cool. So, who knows? Maybe I'll look into that. Yeah. It's uh, obviously like it doesn't really matter if you just don't if you don't mind raw pixels. I um, I don't. I typically don't mind. Like you know, I like having a nice setup. But if if you just want to just have it be like it looks like a, running through an emulator, it's running through an emulator. Who cares? Um, I mean, <clears throat> even just like the base uh shaders and like filters that are on the the if you just like have uh emu deck running on your steam deck um like i put those uh, on for uh final fantasy 8 and it still just looks better than the like raw pixels where the the model clashes so much with the background um mm -hmm. cuz yes. once you get the like even just like the base filters on there it just blends a little more so um, but yeah, I feel like that's the, again, like Slay the Spire was just the big thing that I like sunk some time into, um, in part because I just wanted to kind of figure it out, like, it's just a thing to do, um, but now I feel like I, I understand it. I've, I've beaten a run with the silent, um, so you know, okay. I feel like I'd have a little bit more under my belt. There was a part where I was like, I haven't beaten this, so I needed to, like, figure it out. Um, yeah, I don't know what you've been up to. Uh, being sick. There was a, I was so sick yesterday, you were like, we can just skip if you want. And I just didn't answer you. I was, well, I was in bed shivering through, like, chills. Yeah. Um, but uh, I was like, I really, unless unless I really feel like hell, I intend to record because I don't like missing. Um, yeah. And I feel a little better today. But I've just mostly been working and in bed and doing podcast work. I have I've genuinely done very little that is fun in like a week. And it sucks. Yeah. Um. I just don't have that much. I don't know. Uh, I like we're doing we're doing a um, grab bag from normal mapping. So I have this weird fucking thing where I'm like, well, I have four games to play, so I, I shouldn't start new projects gaming wise, even when I feel up to it. 
Um, that isn't entirely true. Like I, you know, I played, I played heretic, but, um, normally I'd be like, oh, let's go dig through my mister for a night. But I'm like, that's time I could put into one of these other games we've got. And so I just am in this weird paralysis state, but also I don't know how much is that just in like a, I'm in a bad brain zone, you know? Yeah. Uh, we, a follow, I guess a follow up on mental health talk from last week. Uh, I went to my therapist. I, my normal therapy appointment was on Monday. We, it would be a Monday past now. Um, I told, I asked her about ADHD. We did like, she broke out the uh, DSM. We did the assessment. Um, I pinged for both types, both hyperactivity and inattentiveness. Just absolutely. <laughs> She's like, yeah, this totally checks out. Uh, what do you want to do? Do you want to hard mode it and just do therapy? Do you want to do meds? Do you want to do both? I recommend both. You probably shouldn't try to hard mode it. I know you love to do that. And I was like, no, I, I know that we're going to do this. So she she's like, let me get back to you with some referrals. She sent me those today. I've emailed off to try to get an appointment with someone for meds. So we're making progress. Good progress is made. Um, but she's, we're immediately starting on like, you know, an inventory. The, the thing that she's having me do, and I'm on day two of this now um is whenever i find myself losing attention whenever i'm distracted or just try to do something and get like frazzled and i'm like i don't want to do this impatient whatever anything that breaks my intended intent of intention i have to write down on my phone what it was how long i'd been doing the like thing i was the task i was doing when i got distracted and like where my brain was at like what triggered it what i was thinking why why did i think i needed to refresh my phone in the middle of reading this book even though uh i just looked at my phone five minutes ago um and i can't tell you but i gotta do it every fucking page um what if someone tweets something important while i'm sitting here at lunch reading the, the, i do this with the sagas i do the, my books for fun i do it with a, i'm like reading the book i get like ha sit three-fourths of a page in i'm like oh, i gotta refresh twitter nothing's happened read another <laughs> three paragraphs i'll refresh twitter maybe it's something nothing never it's not important yeah definitely um she was like oh yeah you definitely have ADHD. uh <laughs> Because the thing is, it's like really high. Everyone's like, oh, you always people in my life know that I accomplish a lot of things. Right. I'm, yeah. I'm really good at be, like setting schedules, being on task, getting a lot of things done. And the thing that like I went into therapy with, like a lot of what I've been doing, working on is like I would always like as someone who's self-parented. Right. has a lot of trauma about like parents who kind of left them to their own devices. I my thing has always been like a really like desperate, catastrophic. I need to like all or nothing do like control things to, because if I can't control them, it'll be a disaster and I'll die. I don't know. I'll be homeless. Like, you know, whatever, whatever the catastrophe is, I catastrophize a lot. Um, and I've done pretty good work over the last four years, had three, four years. I've been in therapy to like relax that part of my body and mind where I constantly use catastrophe catastrophization to like drive me doing things. It still works for podcasts, right? Like I, I need to watch Gundam because if I don't, then Jackson's going to be disappointed in me. The audience is going to be disappointed in me. I might not want to watch Gundam, but I'll do it because it's my fucking job to do it. And I still use the kind of like rigid, like coping mechanism of like that sort of thinking to get me to do things. That's why I'm really good at hitting schedules and deadlines. I just, my brain works that way. I'm comfortable. Um, that I feel like for podcast work, it's not super maladaptive because I'm not taking on more work than I can handle right now, thankfully. Um, they're in the non-homophobia zone. Last week, Autumn was like, oh, maybe me and M could do a game club. And I literally went to the DM. I was like, Autumn, I'm not going to do a game club with you. <laughs> <laughs> I, it sounds like a great idea. I don't have the time or energy and neither do you. Mm. Um, <laughs> um, but now that I'm like moving beyond that is like my natural mode for everything in my life. I find it hard to like find other motivating forces that are not 
totally destructive or totally like all or nothing. And that's why I find myself when like, I want to watch a movie for fun you know, I can't talk about it. There's a strike on whatever. If I can't make it work, I can't find the like capacity within me, just like the, the, the executive function to commit to doing it in the first place. Even when I want to genuinely want to, I wish I wasn't like gamer moded and you and wasting all my time on YouTube, but I can't focus on anything else. It's the thing I talked about last week. Like it just sucks. Um, And I think that's why is those just, I just don't have a process and also brain problems. Um, Yeah. And I don't, I don't just want to fall back into catastrophizing doing everything in my life because that was very negative and toxic. And I had, you know, I've done a lot of work to move beyond that. Um, So that's why I'm doing this inventory, which is truly the hardest thing in the world. Um, When I said this was my homework, multiple people replying to me uh, were like, I I would I would lose my mind trying to do this. This sounds so hard. (laughs) I'm one of those people. (laughs) Uh, I got an ADHD diagnosis and they mostly just gave me the meds. Yeah, I, um, I like doing therapy a lot. Me and my therapist are uh, gung ho about trying stuff, you know? Yeah. Um, And so she was excited because she's got ADD. Um, she, she self-describes AD. I don't know if there's even a difference anymore. Um, whatever. Um, and she was like, oh, there's all sorts of stuff we can try. It'll be great. Um, and she loves a project. I love a challenge. We're going to scale that mountain together. Um, but I also probably need beds. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, it, it truly is weird the way that like, I just got meds and then I, I took them and just felt like, oh, that's how my brain's been bad. <laughs> now I understand. <laughs> now I understand what normal people's brains feel like. Yeah. Um, well, as I, I was describing, because she was like, she was like, what's what's the what's the thought process when you go to watch a movie? And I was describing it, and I'll just give you like a brief sample of what I said to her. And I was like, okay, well, I want to watch a movie. Uh, I haven't watched a movie in a long time. Should I pick a movie that's like really good, like a classic that I know is going to like fucking movies, man, the cinema? Or should I watch something that's like kind of low effort because you know I haven't been on the horse for I've literally haven't watched a movie in three months, so I shouldn't really like ease myself into some put myself in the deep end where I feel the obligation to respond really strongly to it. Maybe I just won't feel that much um because i think watching movies is like a, a muscle in your brain that you flex um yeah. and once i make that decision then it's like well do i want to watch a horror movie probably because it's halloween that's what i want to do and i haven't done i gotta go to shutter so i need to decide something and then i'm like oh but i can't talk about it so i definitely shouldn't pick an important one that i might want to talk about so it's got to be something that gets my interest but then i can't like I, not that i will feel compelled to talk to anyone about what do i want to do on that one and then she's like this sounds very chaotic and i was like i haven't even started <laughs> <laughs> yeah And this is my internal dialogue for basically everything. Um, I just spin in circles a lot. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And I I just think the difference is like with me and like a lot of my friends is that um, oftentimes I'll get sick of it and then throw a dart and pick something and just go with it, which is the the function that I do when I'm like, oh, we got we still got to pick a thing. Like when we pick game clubs, me and Jackson spin in circles for three hours. I go, okay, well, we got to pick something. So pick something. Um, but I don't have that impulse when when I'm trying to watch a movie. I'll just go watch YouTube instead, and then spend two hours watching dog shit about a guy making terrible drinks uh, or whatever. That's what I did last <laughs> night when I was feeling sick. I watched this bar guy who just pulled awful drinks that were ordered at like a restaurant out of a hat and made them, and was like, "This is fucking dog shit." Over and over again. Yeah, and I loved it. I had a great time. I, I was feverish. I wasn't feeling good, you know. Yeah. Um, but uh, the thing, the thing also is like I was at a point in therapy where like there isn't. 
Like I'm not having crisis about other stuff. A lot of my problems are kind of on the down low. They're being handled. We're about to like revise my treatment plan and discuss winding down even further than we were. And uh, now we have a new project. So, you know, she's excited. I'm excited. We're going to tackle a new thing together. I I like that. I like uh, being a, you know, honor student for therapy. (laughs) Yeah. Um. I mean, I was thinking of this too with the readings that we did because last mm-hmm. week I I did our Nibelungen lead um, reading with I had forgotten to take I think I mentioned this on last episode but I had forgotten to take my Adderall um, so I was just sitting in the waiting room and I'm like getting halfway through a page and checking Twitter um, and like just constantly bouncing around being like extremely distracted by like every other person that was in the room. Um, there's like a guy who just like kept seeing funny things on his phone and showing it to his girlfriend who is like clearly uh, at least not excited to be going to this doctor's appointment. <laughs> um, I was just like, what is going on here? So it was just like completely all over the place. And then uh, this time I read it and I was like on my meds and like there is a part where like Emily was talking to me and I was like, I'm trying to read <laughs> uh, like I'm focused. And now you're talking uh, in a way where normally I would just completely immediately shift focus and get so distracted. Um, so yeah, it, it's bizarre how much it just changes things, but yeah, I'm um, excited to, uh, see what normalcy looks like. Yeah. Um, and really the, the hardest thing for me was just like my job now being one where, uh, there are deadlines, but the deadline is like, you know, four weeks from now, we need to have this thing. Uh, and you just got to like work on it every day. And I'm like, my brain just like, you know, I, I've had jobs where like when I was at the law firm, I would like wake up. And already have like emails on my phone while I'm getting ready in the morning mm. of like things are, are, you know, metaphorically on fire. Um, just constantly everyone would need stuff right now from me all the time mm-hmm. <laughs> at that job. Um, and I was very, very good at that. Uh, it also extremely burnt me out. So I, mm. as much as that was like a thing that like I worked well under, I was also aware of the way that just like, that constantly was too much. Uh, so I'm glad that I'm in a job that's not like constantly demanding of me, but then it just became this thing of like, how do, how do normal people like plan out? Like, okay, this is everything I need to get done in four weeks. Like <laughs> how, how do, how does that happen? So, and now I have like a clearer sense. So, or it's like easier yeah, to like get my brain to think about like, here's how everything will, would lay out and, and work. Um, so, um, cause yeah, there, there was one, uh, part where my previous manager was on parental leave, um, mm-hmm. for like, um, a, a month and a half or two months. And so I didn't even have the regular, like, here's the meeting with a person every week or two, uh, where I, that in and of itself is like, I gotta have like the stuff to talk about where it was just so, I was doing work, but it was, like, so hard to translate that into, like, and then here's actual, like, clear progress on, like, the main project. Um, so, um, yeah. <laughs> uh, 
now I have a boss where it's a, a daily uh, team meeting, which is although there's like way less checking in on what the actual stuff is that I've done, which is weird. But um, it also just helps my brain to have like a person who I have to report to to be like, uh, hey, how's work going? <laughs> so because mm. um, then I just get that slight extra pressure of like, you know. I gotta, I gotta like know what I've done and how to explain to somebody what I've done as like actual progress on a project that they would also care about. Um, and not like, well, I did a whole bunch of research into this, but I don't know how to translate that into what you want me to say. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it was definitely a hurdle with this job, but, uh, now that I'm on the meds, it's a lot easier. So, mm-hmm. um, it's also one of those things of like, there's so much stuff in my life that I, uh, that I get done through routines and habits, but those are yes. really, really hard for me to like establish. Um, and it feels like they've, they've become easier to try and like establish a new routine now. So, um, that's the other thing that's been helpful. Um, yeah. I mean, my thing was, um, because I'm, always doing like i always have like seven irons in the fire and doing a bunch of stuff i was like well even if it was true that i had adhd like i'm not it's definitely like a, a benefit for me and not a negative i'm actually making it work for me so why would i ever go and get it addressed in therapy i was very therapy resistant for a very long time in my life uh lying to myself about how i was actually like turning it turning mental illness into a superpower which i was kind of that's what maladaptive coping strategies are they're yeah. the lie you tell yourself about how you can handle all of your problems <laughs> yeah don't if you do that if you find yourself catching yourself doing that like going oh but if you take away the thing that is in any other context of mental illness i will be less of a person you're just lying to yourself <laughs> yeah <laughs> i do this all the time I'm, i you know i did I, i've done it this week like it's just a natural part of being a person you gotta you gotta self self-assess and go i'm full of shit i am holding on to a thing that i should not be holding on to it does not help me i just hate change yeah <laughs> um yeah it's also one of those things because i was also fairly high performing um mm-hmm. Until I just got a job where it was like, all right, have this done in two months. And I'm like, wait, what? Because <laughs> um, that was just too much for like me to figure out and plan necessarily. I just yeah. didn't have the experience also because I'd always had jobs where uh, everything uh, yeah. needed to be done like today or maybe tomorrow. Um, and when yeah. you have deadlines like that, it's really easy to just keep pushing yourself um, when you have ADHD. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always been, I've always been because, um, maybe because of the podcast, I don't know. I've always been a person who really believes in like, I don't need to like only do one thing. I need to do seven things a day, every day. And then they'll all like, I'm good with long-term planning because that's how I operate. I'm like, I can't do anything for three hours, but I can do anything for like 40 minutes. Um, but I'll do it every day and then I'll be really like at the, it'll in aggregate, it'll be very impressive. This is literally how GTP works. <laughs> the reason we've seen more Gundam than most people in the world is because we just do it every week and we've yeah. done it every week for s- six years. It, there's no secret. You just got to sit down every week. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, especially like if, if something needs to get done, uh, like today, I will fucking get it done if it's like at all possible to get it done. You know, um, it's just the way that I've always operated. Um, 
And like this also, like I used to work at a Starbucks and like food service, uh, everything needs to be done in, like in two minutes. So, oh, yeah, I've never um, worked a job like that. Yeah. Uh, um, so I just had a ton of jobs where like I excelled because, um, it was always just, you know, uh, I was the person where if something was a, uh, you know, oh, I'm so sorry. This is like a really tight deadline. I shouldn't put this on you. I'd be like, oh, great. I'll take it. This will be easy. <laughs> you know, um, I'll, I'll just knock this right out. You know, well, you, you need this done in four hours. Done. <laughs> uh, my brain now has the pressure to, to do it in, in five hours. I'll get it done in five hours. I'll do nothing but this for five hours and it'll be done. <laughs> Yeah, my current job does not really have this sort of like high pressure project very often. Yeah. But whenever there's like a big like, oh, here's an issue. Could you help work on this? And I just get to like knuckle down and like do a thing for two hours that like no one else seems to know how to do. I love it. I thrive. Yeah. It's like, well, um, I, I, yes, I can solve this problem through brute force and just working fast. I'm good at that. Yeah. Um. So, uh. But yeah, it was like even back in high school, I was like doing homework um in the hallway before class. But I would get it done just like in the five minutes. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, I was the worst student. I uh, didn't study. Um I genuinely never learned how to study. I've never studied in my life for a goddamn thing. Um yeah. I would do my homework, yeah, literally before I would do it around other classes. Like I didn't do homework at home. And when I got to high school and it started like I I write papers because I like papers, but when I got like projects towards the end of high school if i if i thought they were like too much work i would just be like i'm not doing this um and throw teachers into this weird problem where they knew i knew the work and i tested exceedingly well um but i just refused to do homework sometimes and some teachers would just let you get away with that shit <laughs> and yeah other teachers absolutely would not <laughs> yeah um just just incredibly annoying this is why i totally burned out in college um because everyone lied to me and told me college would be different and I'd finally be challenged and it would, it, I'd have to study and it wouldn't be the same thing. And I went to college and it was like high school too. In fact, I was covering a lot of material I'd already knew because I was going into my degree, which was English lit stuff. And I'd read a half of it and I was like, fuck. Also, no one's getting me up in the morning. I can stay up till five in the morning when the cafeteria opens again and, and then go to bed instead of going to class. And I fucking did that instead. <laughs> Yeah, I also stayed up until five and then went to bed, but I intentionally yeah. did uh, evening classes as much as possible. So, yeah, um, which being in in uh, like cinema and media studies, uh, very easy to do because a lot of those classes were in the evening because it'd be like, well, normally classes here are like four days a week, but for the the like film class, it's like one day a week or two days a week because like you watch a movie and then talk about it. And so it's just mm -hmm. like, you know, late at night when they can just like have people in a classroom for four hours. Um, so, yeah. uh, yeah, I took, I took a lot of evening classes and then would wake up at noon. <laughs> Oh, yeah, no. um, all my classes were in the morning, uh, but I would, yeah, just sleep through them all, get up, have uh food i worked like a campus job at like a little cafe thing and then stay up all night playing final fantasy 10 until uh the breakfast opened and then go to bed miserable fucking terrible time me and all of my friends got put on academic probation after that first year it was a disaster it's like just a mass uh, depression event i don't know what the fuck was in the air with all of us because we all did it um 
And everyone was a good student. We're all like honor students. We all just had a huge collective flame out. Um, disappointing everyone. <laughs> and everyone handled it a little differently in how they did it, you know. Um, but, whew, bad times. Um, yeah, I I did uh, I did pretty well in um, undergrad as well. But a lot of that was mm. just like, I was mostly just taking as many classes that I was interested in as possible. Mm-hmm. Um and the ones that were like, I'm not that interested in this class were also just those lower level, like you got to get the credits done. Um, yeah. And so for a lot of those, I was able to get by by just doing the same high school thing, which is mm-hmm. testing well, which a lot of that, the thing that like, if people who don't know what testing well means, a lot of it is not even necessarily like, oh, you know how to like remember stuff for the test. Um some of it is that you just learn that like the way that this teacher writes tests, uh, often the, the way that this question is like worded will lead you to the answer. <laughs> yeah. Um, sometimes it's just a weird, like you just know enough about the topic. Um, and you just know how people write things, especially multiple yeah. choice. Uh, there's so many multiple choice where it's just like, ah, I know how to puzzle this through. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I, um, yeah, I had I had taken enough AP classes in high school that like I was already like a semester into like what would have been a semester. I got like twelve credits. So I was like a full semester, um, and like so I didn't have to take a math and I had, didn't have to take all but one science and like I had done a lot of the things for my program because it was like a you know BA in English literature, um, so <laughs> the requirements are <laughs> bullshit anyway. Um, and then I like once I was put on probation or whatever, I, I fixed up my 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 GPA, but then ran out of money. Right. Like poor family This is when my uh, mother was really fucking around with being addicted to gambling and just never got the money and was like, that was it. Went start working, never stopped. <laughs> so. Yeah, that's it. Uh, not not that I am constantly beset with woe about not going to college because i feel like all my friends who did go through a college program didn't get better jobs than me and aren't happier whatever but i do have a chip on my shoulder about like oh yeah i kind of washed out of college because of money two years in and never got a degree it's never effect having a full like cv where i've worked since i was 20 um has been a benefit for me getting a job always uh but i still have the weird chip on my shoulder about it. yeah um yeah, I uh, I also had the thing where, like, there was a number of, um, like, I think I only had to take one science class. I didn't have to take any math, stuff like mm-hmm. that. Um, but, and I'd also taken, uh, when I went to grad school, um, I did so much, like, film study stuff. You, know you went to grad school? Yeah. Uh, one-year yeah. intensive program from the University of Chicago. Um nice. And I, I'd done so much like film study stuff in undergrad that the like main professor, um, had me like basically talk to, you know, whoever to allow me to do one grad level class. Um, so I did a, a grad course, um, like at my undergrad, um, with him that was about, uh, like film as propaganda. Like it was both about like, you know propaganda films themselves literally um as well as like the way that all film functions propagandistically um all the time um 
So it was, a, it was a pretty interesting course. It was one of the, it was also the intro, uh, grad school in particular. A lot of professors are like working on a book and then they teach a class that's basically just letting them work on the book. Um, but I feel like some are really bad about it and some are better about it. Um, and so he was pretty good about it. And I am like in the acknowledgements of that book, but it's my dead name. So I can't brag about it that much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Um, but yeah, when I was in actual grad school, I took a, a class where someone was clearly, the professor was clearly just working on his book. Um, and it was really bad. He was really clearly just wanting to work on his book and not teach a class. <laughs> um, so that one sucked, but, um, yeah. Um, and grad school was, was just weird because there was some stuff where I think I, I did well because I was like particularly interested in it, but then I had to take a lot of like, general classes about just like um the humanities and philosophy and uh also like film theory stuff that i didn't care about um and that was probably like the hardest in terms of doing schooling stuff just because uh if i wasn't interested in in, in it it was hard to like get motivated to always do the like because there's so many it's mostly essays um mm. in in grad school at least like the stuff i was doing so yeah um, i was like that says that was that, that felt like when school was the most like what i thought school was supposed to be is when you want me to write a thing to show you that i understood an idea yeah um and i i enjoyed essays too but it was just like sometimes if i like really wasn't interested in something to like sit yeah. down and like really plan out and write because also like what an essay is becomes like much different by the time you get to grad school where it's not just there's like this the basic structure that you're supposed to do in high school and everything um and then you get to like uh like at the grad level it's like okay you gotta write like 10 pages or like uh 20 pages about this um and it's often like far more intensive like in terms of research and everything so um yeah yeah um and it would just be like you would like get it and you would work on it for like a few weeks um and then turn yeah. it in so um but i did some i did some decent writing in those classes the one especially the ones i cared about more but um there's actually a piece that i wrote in undergrad that uh got published so that one was fun um but yeah. Um and grad school is the most like I do, I don't really know what I gained from it. <laughs> I don't I don't think it's weird because like on one hand I'm like I don't think I would do it and I don't think I got too much from it. But also like the video archive that I worked at was I was hired because I was a grad student at the time like they just hired out of that grad program. Um yeah often because they just needed people with like that level of uh passion and understanding about film stuff to like have them do this archivist work basically um and also they hire like one person or two maybe two people every year uh depending on how much like a lot of people would just leave after like one year or two so um but yeah so like i got that job and then there's things that I like that job to help me spin into other work. So I still kind of got stuff, but it was like in a very weird roundabout way. 
<laughs> Otherwise, I feel like people just look at the, you know, the resume and they're like, oh, you went to University of Chicago. You know, you got a master's degree. Um, must be really dedicated. <laughs> so, I don't know. It's weird. Sometimes I see people put uh, their, like, GPA on resumes and I'm like, com- companies don't care. <laughs> Maybe some do, but most don't. I feel like that's the thing you do when you're like just getting out of school, mm. right? I don't know. I I didn't I didn't even put my education section on my last resume. Um because it's been long enough, you know, I'm in my I'm in my late thirties now. I don't need to put that I went to school, you know. Yeah. It it wasn't impressive enough to go like put it like, oh, I got a degree and blah blah blah. And this job doesn't require that anyway. Uh it's more interesting to tell you that I own a like I own a podcast network and that you know what? The fucking recruiters eat up that you do a podcast. They want to know all about podcasting and they want to tell you about their fate, your fate, their favorite true crime podcast. And it helps know a little bit about the, the genre, which I do, uh, cause I, I've, went, I've been through phases, you know, um, and they want to talk about that. Did barely ask me questions about my job history. They want to know about podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> if you do some stupid shit for the internet, put in your resume. As long as as long as you're like if this this got back to me like you know if they connected the two it wouldn't destroy my life I know there's people where that isn't actually like a thing they can do I am sympathized yeah Uh, but if you can put it in there people love uh, they see so many boring oh they had a job they went to school that's all they got Uh, put in the dumb shit you do online yeah um explain to them that you don't advertise quip and they'll be amazed they'll be like I thought everybody did. Yeah, I, I, yes, no. I, I yeah. specifically, I think, I think it was actually the place I work at now, the recruiter, I was describing the difference between a Patreon model and an ad-driven model, um, and they were very impressed. And I don't work in anything having to do with advertising. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I feel like, I don't actually know if my current job uh had much about me podcasting. I mean I wasn't like fully podcasting then, but um I definitely done some podcast stuff though. It some of the stuff that I had done was on my CV, but I don't know if they saw my CV or my resume cuz they like scouted me from a job site. Um which was which was slightly odd cuz literally the day like there was a day where just the my law firm work was fucking hellish and I was trying to get out. Um and so the place where I currently work, I was planning on applying. Um because I have a, a sibling that works in like a different branch and stuff. So I was like talking to him, being like, um, hey, I know like industrial supply can sometimes be like uh you know, it's very like maintenance and like factory and stuff. So there's like definitely higher like just fucking conservative stuff going on there. Um, yeah. And so it's like, you know, as best as you can answer, because I know that you were a white guy working for this company. Like, <laughs> what's the vibes on, like, would I be okay there? Um, so I was able to talk to my brother a little bit about it. Um, and so then I was like, I went into work and it was like, uh, I woke up and I was like, I'm going to apply. I'm going to like, you know, when I get home, I'm going to like write a cover letter, like make sure my resume looks good. Cause I would always do this thing where I'd sometimes kind of shuffle things around and like 
slightly retitle like the the subcategories for stuff to like tailor it to the job subtly mm-hmm. um and so i was like you know i'm gonna do that work tonight i'm just gonna apply because i i need to fucking get out of this job um and then on lunch uh which i had very short lunches back then because i just they I was constantly demanded of. So it was like maybe 20 minutes that I would like reheat something and like eat it and get back to work. And half the time I was checking my phone and answering messages from people and stuff. Um, and I went and checked my email and there was like a recruiter email from, you know, reaching out through indeed or whatever, um, from the company I was literally planning to apply to that night. (laughs) So, um, I was like, well, thank you for saving me having to write a cover letter, I guess. (laughs) Um, but yeah. Um, and this job's just been weird because the the model they don't they don't ever want to downsize people, um, and so they specifically hire people in who they think are like quick learners and can like be flexible. Uh, so that if like they decide that an entire department doesn't exist anymore, they would rather move you to something else. And have like train you and have you know the the company and how the company works still and be able to like bring experience that you have uh, rather than like fire fire you and then hire somebody into another department. Um, mm-hmm. So I've had multiple jobs at this company. So um, I've had like what like five or six in you know four years I think so. <laughs> It is a little weird, but this last one I've had for a while, so it's been nice. Nice. That's good. Um, yeah. I don't know if I have much else. No, that can be it. You know, we made it an hour. We got way off topic in various ways. Yeah. Uh, where can people find you? Uh, you, <clears throat> you can find me at Foxmomnia on uh, Twitter and co-host and Blue Sky um, and basically anything that I'm on Letterboxd, which I'm still not using, partially because I'm not watching that many movies. But I do have some that I'm in a log once the strike is over. I just decided not to use Letterboxd for as long as the strike went on. Uh, it's just my own personal thing. Um, Annie list. You can, you can see what manga I'm reading. Um, I did start setting up a uh, backlogged and then. Um, didn't finish that. So maybe I'll set that up at some point. Um, but yeah, Fox Omnia everywhere. Uh, go to exportaudit.io to check out uh the other network that I'm on. Um, go listen to Non Homophobia Zone. Um, those episodes have been a lot of fun lately. Uh, I'm so glad that we're back. That we're like having three hour episodes and stuff. There was. Before Autumn got their their new job, things were like dire sometimes when we were recording. Um, yeah, I know. Yeah. Um, but we're back. Uh, and then, um, oh yeah, and we're still trying to decide what we might do for after episode one hundred. Um, we might actually do that my summer vacation game. Um, but we're thinking of various stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, go listen to Ghost Divers. We are reading through Nana. Um, at this point, I mean, I guess when people hear this episode, 
than like I think on Friday is our last episode that was uh a um volume and a half. So that one was like long. But uh we're gonna start doing one volume, so hopefully episodes will be a little bit shorter, i.e. like my hope is like the normal like two, two and a half, three that we have on Ghost Divers. Uh I feel like that is probably where it will fall more often. Um so uh I've been having a lot of fun doing that. Um and go listen to Pondering Putan with Ajishiro Taro and Hachimitsu Boy. Um where we're we're reading through Kamari High School. We're about to finish volume three. Where can people find you? <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at EM underscore being. You can find me on co-host at EM dash being. I don't really use it. Or Blue Sky at EM being. Uh, where I do post every once in a while. Um, I don't know. I They all suck, but Blue Sky I feel like sucks the least in terms of the Twitter replacements. In my experience, I know that's different for everybody. Yeah. Um, And so that's where I post. Uh, I don't want you to follow me on Letterboxd or backlogged i mean i use them and you could probably find me if you really wanted to but i only use it to log stuff and uh i feel like you're spoiling abnormal mapping for yourself if you see the video games i'm logging um so don't do that <laughs> uh please listen to the abnormal mapping that's now two weeks old about shenmue it's fucking great that's um, a good episode probably probably already uh a couple days ago the final episode of flower sun rain is out on dia's youtube channel youtube.com slash at dia lucina we haven't recorded that yet so i don't know if it's actually the final episode but it's supposed to it's planned to be the final episode um and that'll be exciting um if you'd like to support us you can go to patreon.com slash normal mapping for one dollar a month you get the great gundam project currently watching gundam double o which honestly doing a very good job arguing itself into the best of gundam uh it's really, it's game to lose. I'm having a great time. Rose of Versailles is very fun. Having a good time with that. Uh, $5 right now. You get me playing Fantasy Tactics every week. I think I'm near the end of chapter two. We're getting there. Um, it's that, That's been really fun. I'm excited to get back to movies, but that's been really fun. I mean, well, I'll keep playing Tactics until I'm done. Um, for $10, you get VoIP Life. And let me tell you a story about VoIP Life, because it'll already be out. It came out on Friday. We, Me and Jackson, as we talked about last uh, around the long fire, are doing our top 100 lists. We sit down, I do a little preamble about, like, the nature of lists and Dia's paste list she all put together and the EGM list, not uh, Edge list, and how I feel about lists or whatever. It's, like, 30 minutes long. We start doing the, the back and forth about our lists, like we each do. Like, I did, Jackson did their 100, I did my 100, we talked about them. We get to, like, 90, and I'm like, oh, it's been an hour. This podcast is already an hour long. <laughs> We're fucked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Two hours and 15 minutes in, we take a break at 50 because Jackson had to go do something. Um, we take like a 30 minute break. I watch a Rose of Versailles and order a sandwich that comes while we're recording the second half. We do the second half. That podcast is like four and a half hours long before music gets put in it. Um we because it was recorded to recorded two segments jackson did the evil thing that i was actually going to suggest they do but they thought of it on their own while i was thinking about suggesting it which was screenshot the timestamp of 215 and send it to the discord as if the podcast only two hours and it's not it's double the length that the people want i hope everyone enjoyed the big surprise because everyone's <laughs> getting surprised you're not because you were in the group yeah chat, right? we, we came in like shriveled husks of human beings like little ets <laughs> deprived of water and air going oh don't ever record a four-hour podcast it'll kill you <laughs> you i know you're fine you do it all the goddamn time uh, four hours <laughs> is, is still you know three hours that's fine four hours i'm like oh this is going yes. a bit long if you go over it, four it, i'm like fuck yes 
this um jackson was asking had we ever recorded that long in a single segment before we took a half hour break obviously but it was all one day and no we had not uh and then i went and did the tactics after that that day um and hopefully nobody noticed that i was fucking exhausted um <laughs> But um, I hope people like the surprise. I think that episode's really fucking good, even though we mostly just say like 30 seconds on games we like back and forth for four hours. Um, but we do lay out all the games we like on it on the table. I, I basically get a secret like 50 extra entries into my list by saying also things, things I cut, things that used to be on the list, things Jackson have on their list that I also thought about putting on mine and didn't. It's great. I just get like bonus entries left and right. Yeah. Uh, I just got to um, see where Chrono Cross placed. I can tell you. Do you want to know right now? Um, the episode's out. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, let me go to sheets because uh, that's I, I made a spreadsheet. Um, oh, this is the abnormal mapping sheets. I need to switch to my sheets. Uh, Chrono Cross placed at you're going to think it's too low, probably. Yeah, um, but I did play it recently. And uh, there is like the immediacy effect of where I put things. Yeah, I see that Shenmue's way higher than Chrono Cross. I'm very sorry about that. Um, Chrono Cross is at 39. Eh. I mean, I would have put it higher. Say, but... I want to say I want to say that it's higher on Jackson's, but I don't remember. Yeah. Um, Shenmue's at 30. They're not now, that far. Apart. Now, where did Chrono Trigger place? <laughs> Chrono Trigger. Well, one, I have a one entry per franchise rule. Oh, yeah. But even if I didn't have that list, I think I could get to 500 games before I deign to put Chrono Trigger on my list. <laughs> okay, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, also, the the one... Um, no, never mind. I don't know. I had a thought, and it, it, it actually didn't combine it in anything worth saying, so never mind. Um I, it is above Doom. There's like a bit where I have to admit that I put Doom at 44 and thus I'm opening myself to people going, you telling me there's 43 games better than Doom? And I'm telling, and I, I address it in the episode. I understand that I am hoisting myself as I say that, but that's where we are. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's like a running joke when people put Doom at like the minimal list. I'm like, you telling me there's games better than Doom? And I have to judge every game on that against that. And I think most of my list actually hangs, but it's my list. So of course I think that. Yeah. I mean, Chrono Cross better than Doom. Chrono Cross is Chrono Cross is in fact five entries better than Doom. <laughs> I in my opinion it might be more than five, but you there's, know. A, there's <laughs> the game above Chrono Cross is the one that like doesn't is not better than Doom. Should would not be on most people's top one hundred list. It's just the game I happen to like more than it definitely deserves because sometimes it's a piece of shit. Um, you have to listen. Wait for okay. that. You're gonna be like, you put that above Chrono Cross. I was like, yeah, I, I think about it more often. I do like Chrono Cross a lot, though. I mean, you, you won the battle. We Chrono Cross was a game we had written off as ever covering, and you talked us about you talked <laughs> me back into it, which is the, the, the thing you need to do. Yeah, I won. So in reality, <laughs> no one has won more than you. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm especially as like because you all have more of like a push in. Not like broad games culture, but still like a certain corner of it. Um, so I'm, I'm glad to have, you know, contributed both of you to the, the Chrono Cross is better than Chrono Trigger, uh, cause. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't think we actually have that much pull. Um, you have more than me though. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't but have a video game the, podcast. The thing, the thing that happens is like, we'll say stuff and then Dio will like often agree, like be inspired by it and then run with it. And Dio has way more 
like stroke than we do, but it's like a little more like under the table. I don't know. I feel like it spreads, but it's not directly our direct influence on people. Yeah. The abnormal mapping listenership is not that big. We don't have that kind of audience. I wish we did. I'm just saying still more, still more than me. So fair enough. Uh, still, still a win in my book. <laughs> yeah. Um, Chrono Cross is a great abnormal mapping game because it's a game that is like kind of full of. I mean, it is full of ideas. It was derided in its time, and it really begs you to take it seriously. And that's the thing we're good at. Yeah, is <laughs> taking a game that most people kind of wrote off, taking it seriously, and seeing what's there. Yeah. I think the Shenmue episode is a great example of that, too. Doing Shenmue and Chrono Cross in, in one year, just like, we're we're most spoiled gamers in the world. Yeah. Uh, Shenmue also... And we played 16 uh, this year. 16 is a piece of shit, so... Yeah. I've not played 16, but sure seems like it. Don't. Don't, don't, don't do that. You, there's so many other Final Fantasies you can be playing. You need to go back to 8 is what you need to do. Yeah, I played a little bit of it today. Um, I did the whole, like, train swap thing. Oh, nice. Yeah. You got the whole bit where she comes in with her fucking painted train skulls like, did a child paint these? Yeah. <laughs> Love it. Um, the, the like, fake president model that they have. Yes. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> that says, like, uh, basically, like, I want to be alone. <laughs> You're cooking. You're not yeah. that far from the end of disc one, so. Okay. Um, I feel like I'm not that deep into it, but also... There's just like such a different scale that JRPGs have, yeah. have reached since the PlayStation, yes. which is part yeah, of why like, I love that's like PlayStation. It's a 35 hour game. Yeah. And it's four discs. And it is pretty e- Like the fourth disc is like the final like areas. Um, but most of it is actually spread pretty evenly across the other three discs. So, yeah. I assume you're at like eight to 10 hours, would be my guess. Um, probably a, 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 Especially in-game time, probably a little bit more, because I've sometimes done that thing where I, like, speed up the thing to to oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, grab a bunch of magic. Um, yeah. Mostly just so I can use the magic as, like, stuff to put on. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah. So I feel like it's been a little bit more than the actual time that I've played it, because my mm. guess is that's still based on, like, the in-game clock rather than, you know... Mm. So, uh, but it's probably like 10 or 11, maybe. Um, that also probably includes a thing that I do constantly when I'm especially, uh, not on Adderall, which is that I will be playing something and then I will put it down to look at my phone and then I'll walk around and I'll come back a half hour later and be like, oh yeah, I was playing this. And it's just like on the menu the whole time. (laughs) Oh, I've never, I've never been that person. Oh, I do this. Out of your mind. (laughs) I do this constantly with, uh, especially JRPGs where just like, you'll be in it for a while and then I'll just like get distracted, um, and wander off. Um, extremely happens to me sometimes. Okay. Well, that was it. That was the last of my plugs working the fuck out of here. Thanks everybody for listening. Uh, read three more chapters and we'll see you next week. Until then, we are out of the podcast. And then we were out of the podcast.
Thank you. 